is Bean to Barstool, a podcast that looks at the intersections of craft beer and craft chocolate. My name is David Nelson. I'm a professional beer writer and an advanced Cicerone and the creator and host of this show. The music for this episode is by my dear friend, indie folk musician Anna P.S. You can find out more about Anna's music in the show notes or at her website, annapsmusic.com. You can find links and information about our guests in the show notes as well. I hope you enjoy this episode of Bean to Barstool. In this episode, we'll talk with M. Sauter, a fellow advanced Cicerone and the creator of Pints and Panels, a cartoon that celebrates beer and provides educational resources for folks curious to learn more about our favorite drink. M. is the author of two books, the most recent of which, Hooray for Craft Beer, was just published in April. With whimsical cartoons and easy-to-understand explanations, the book is a fun and positive way to look at beer from a new angle and learn about it in a non-intimidating way. Today, Em and I talk about the book, her creative process, why positivity is so important in the craft beer world, and she even tastes a few bean-to-bar chocolates along the way. It's been really awesome how positive and excited people are for the book. It makes Pints and Panels and myself, like, very, very pleased. I'm glad that people really like it. That's M. Souter talking about her new book, Hooray for Craft Beer. M is a cheerful, welcoming presence in a craft beer community often weighed down by very real problems that need solved and very silly arguments that don't. Through her self-drawn online avatar of a woman enjoying a glass of beer and eager to talk about it, M provides a gentle welcome and accessible beer knowledge to craft beer veterans and newcomers alike. Through the Pints and Panels website, which I'll link to in the show notes, and her associated social media channels, M seeks to demystify the beer learning experience with simple, colorful graphics, explaining everything from hop varieties to brewing processes to food pairings. And I even got to work with her to create a beer and chocolate pairing graphic earlier this year. M is an advanced Cicerone who has sat for the Master Cicerone exam in the past, and many of her beer education cartoons are oriented around the various Cicerone exam syllabi. Throughout our conversation, you'll hear her reference these exams and refer to them by their levels within the Cicerone exam structure. I've linked to the Cicerone website in the show notes if you want to learn more. Before our interview, I mailed M some excellent bean-to-bar chocolate bars to taste during our call. M is a skilled taster, and I wanted to hear a beer expert who knows little about craft chocolate encounter these flavors for the first time. To start out, I asked M to tell us more about her new book, Hooray for Craft Beer. Yeah, Crave for Craft Beer is published by Brewers Publications. So they do a lot of beer books. This is their first kind of outside technical, you know, they do sensory books and How to Brew by John Palmer, which is one of the best homebrew books ever. Uh, So it was really interesting that they wanted to take a chance on something outside their wheelhouse. And so it was really exciting to do 100% illustrated kind of beer 102, you know, I know about beer a little, but I want to know more, but in an easily digestible way. So I finished it in September of 2021, and it was published in April of 2022. And it looks great. People are really excited about it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed going through it. And I think it's interesting that you know, you and I are both advanced Cicerones, but even having that level, it's fun to look at the information in this format and kind of makes you think about things in a, a new way. Take us back to how Pints and Panels got started originally. I got my master's in fine arts from the Center for Cartoon Studies, which is a 
art school that focuses mainly on cartooning and the sequential arts in Vermont. I graduated in 2011. And in 2010, I started Pints and Panels as a drawing exercise. So I want to drink beer and try all the beer I want. But I also have other things I was working on as well that were not beer related. And so I started to review beer every day, just doodling, taking notes. So it was a great way to start. So Pints and Panels, I was driving, I was running errands and I was like, I want to review beer in cartoon form. It'd be a great exercise. It'd be really great to learn more about beer. And I got back to my boyfriend at the time's apartment and I told him, and I was like, I want to do this blog. What do I call it? And he just goes, you're going to call it Pints and Panels. And I was like, that is the best name. You're right. I am going to call it that. I am going to call it that. I said, you're a genius. And so I always make sure to credit Ryland Ionelli. Thank you for coming up with that because he's still a friend of mine. So what's the scope of Pints and Panels today? What all do you get involved in? I did mainly focus on reviews till about 2018, 2019. I did publish a book in 2017 called Beer is for Everyone. And that focused is like, on reviews, but I want to learn more about beer. So I'm going to review, you know, big, easy to find beer, you know, your Lagunitas IPAs, your Dale's Pale, and that's going to be a way you can learn about beer. It's like, oh, I like multi beer. Oh, well, you should try like Bell's Amber, you know, things that are pretty easy to find. You know, beer is very regional now, almost hyper local. So it worked back then. But so in 2018, 2019, I switched to instead of reviewing beer to doing beer education, because as a visual learner studying for the advanced and then the master, I wanted an easy way to digest beer and try to figure out, you know, I'm not great at science. I, I, I only passed chemistry because my friend's mom was the chemistry teacher and she didn't want to have me again. That's a true story. She gave me, uh, I was supposed to get a D, she gave me a C plus, told me to get out. That is a hundred percent a true story. So when you're trying to learn about isomerization mm-hmm. and mashing regimens and beta amylase or off flavors, why does diacetyl happen and whatnot? Those are very scientific things and processes. And so how do I teach myself, but then also teach others about pretty scientific things. And that's how Pints and Panels switched to doing visual beer education. So teaching people about everything from raw materials to the process of beer to beer styles and beyond. So drawing these cartoons helped you learn these concepts as much as it is for other people. Yeah, I started drawing just for myself. And then I was like, well, that's selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put these on Pines and Panels website and make them free so people can learn about beer in an easy to understand accessible form. Beer education can be expensive, especially when you get into the later, if you're really going for certification. So making it free, making it accessible, it was kind of a, a very important early part of switching to doing visual beer education, making sure everything that I drew for myself was available for everybody else for free. One of the great things about Pines and Panels, and I think we could probably hear this from just about everybody who's a fan, is the positivity and the the, the welcoming tone, the non-intimidating tone of everything you do there. Why is that so important to what you do? Why would I tell someone what they can and can't drink? <laughs> it's none of my business. So I work part-time at Fox Farm Brewery, which is a small farm brewery in Salem. I put a mango popsicle into a smoked telus. I saw that picture. And and my, my friend's girlfriend brought us popsicles as a break because it was very hot. People were just kind of looking at me and I was like, well, why not? Like, why not a popsicle and a beer? And some people were like, that's, that's too much. And I was like, why? 
why is it too much? You know, what it, if you don't want to drink that or try it, then don't. But why would you be upset about that? There's beers for everyone. A perfect example is my local brewery, Alvarium Brewing Company. Brews unbelievable flagship beers. Their flagship uh, is a Hefeweizen, straight Hefeweizen. They do great traditional European styles. And then they brew, you know, the green beer that looks like Ecto Cooler from the 80s. <laughs> you know, it's got Slimer on it. And there's some light IP theft. And they do the hype stuff and the line out the door and they brew with peanut butter and, you know, donuts and all that stuff. And I love the way that they do everything. And it's like, hey, you know, come in for that beer that tastes like a rocket pop. Let's go put a Vienna lager in your flight. And so there's there's a very like welcoming and kind of all encompassing mantra to their beers. And I find that you can do whatever you want with beer. There's beer flavors for everybody. And if you're kind of like, oh, I don't know about that, then don't drink it. Pints and Panels is for every beer flavor, every, you know, every beer flavor welcome, every beer geek welcome, every new drinker is welcome, everyone's welcome. Positivity is rare, unfortunately, nowadays, I find. And I kind of dislike how, you know, oh, you're so positive is such a weird, (laughs) weird thing that's, you know, oh, so wholesome, so positive, like, oh, what a breath of fresh air. And it's like, uh, but shouldn't we all be kind? And accepting and tolerant and understanding when even when it comes to the beverage that people drink my you know drink what you like with a little bit of an asterisk get out of your comfort zone once in a while that's uh yeah not to, I, I almost sound not like positive when it like <laughs> comes to um people's lack of positivity but pints and panels is 100 percent positive all the time we celebrate beer i celebrate beer pints and panels celebrate beer and that's that's what we're here for well, on Bean to Bar Stool, we celebrate beer and chocolate. So I'm going to have you taste some chocolate. Yay! I've, I've sent M three different chocolate bars, three different Bean to Bar chocolates. Uh, we've got one from Bellevue out of Vietnam called Good Morning Vietnam. It's a 70% cacao with cacao and coffee, both from the Lam Dong province of Vietnam. We've got Fire Trees, 73% Philippines, Mindanao Island. And we've got definite chocolates, Dominican Republic, Oco Caribe, 70%. So where do you want to start with those, Em? Pick one. Uh, I'm holding the definite. So let's do the definite chocolate So you obviously are a seasoned beer taster. Uh, The process for tasting chocolate is basically the same in terms of the principles involved. It's just slightly different details. So we still engage all of our senses in the process. Start out by taking a look at the packaging because I love chocolate packaging. It is right up there with really cool beer labels. This one from Definite is a little understated, but Mm -hmm. still classy. And then once we get this open, you're going to take a look at the mold of the bar, looking at the color, the shine, and then we'll move on from there. I love all the gold of labels. Yes. They're, yes. They don't mess around. No. And fortunately, because, well, I think there's a variety of reasons, but chocolate has avoided a lot of the pitfalls of beer labeling, um, not just the more problematic things is sexism and all that, but mm-hmm. some of the, just the outright silliness, I feel like consistently chocolate labeling is just really eye-catching and really appealing. It's very high-end. Mm-hmm. So the mold on this definite bar is pretty simple, but still has a nice texture to it. 
So after we've taken a look at the bar, we're going to take a smell of the chocolate. Now chocolate doesn't release its aroma quite as readily as beer does, but you can still get a little sense of it. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that it's a solid, it doesn't obviously volatize quite as easily. Smells like chocolate. Yeah, it does. (laughs) And honestly, that's pretty consistent with a lot of these. You're going to smell the chocolate before you get any nuance, but Mm -hmm. yeah. One way to get a little bit more is to go ahead and break off a little bit and smell the uh, the, the broken end. Oh, yeah. One of the fun rituals of chocolate tasting is the snap. It's one way that we actually get to use our sense of hearing, which we don't usually as much with beer. The snap of the bar is going to tell you a lot about the tempering of the bar. So basically how well they've put the bar together, the process of getting this to melt at a high temperature and have a nice firm snap. So you can hold it up toward your ear and then just snap the piece. You should get a nice firm little snap. It's not terribly important, but it's a nice little ritual that I like. Hmm. And then you can put the chocolate in your mouth. Don't chew it up. Just let it melt. And this is where you're going to get a lot more of that perception of flavor as it starts to, to melt and volatilize. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Getting a Cicerone certification is an amazing way to raise your beer knowledge and can be a game changer for your beer career. But how are you supposed to find the time to prep and how are you supposed to know exactly what to study? Don't sweat because the Beer Scholar has you covered. The Beer Scholar is a sponsor of Bean to Barstool, but I can tell you from personal experience years before I was doing this podcast how helpful the Beer Scholar study guides are. They offer efficient online courses for levels one and two that cover everything you need to know, tips and tricks for how to pass the exams, and include live weekly Zooms to taste and discuss classic beer styles together. They even have a new coaching program for the level three advanced Cicerone exam. I used the Beer Scholar Study Guide to pass my level two exam many years ago. I wish the level three had been around when I took that exam. I had to do it on my own. Wish their study guides had been available for that at the time. The vast majority of certified Cicerones in the world today have used Beer Scholar to help achieve the goal of passing that exam. If you are ready to take your beer career to the next level, visit thebeerscholar.com and check out their online courses. It is a lot like beer in that regard where you want to let the beer warm up in your mouth. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no melting aspect, but. So while you're tasting it, I'll give you just a little more information here. Dominican Republic is a pretty prominent origin for fine flavor cacao. Tends to be pretty expressive, but there's a few different origins within the Dominican Republic that differ. Oco Caribe is actually a collective, so they gather cacao from a different farms in their region. And generally they're known for having like uh, honey and, and berry type of characteristics. I get the berry. Like I, I find when sometimes you have like really dark, cause these are all pretty like high, like 70%, 73%. I find that that like kind of coffee berry or like raspberry, even a blueberry note comes out. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, I love chocolate. So I'm really glad that we're eating chocolate together. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course while you're tasting it you're also getting the the texture the mouth feel of it it's nice and silky mm-hmm. the finish is slightly 
there's like an acidic dryness mm-hmm. to it. That's quite, that's quite appealing. Yeah. I like that about it. Almost like a, there's like a, it's almost like slightly astringent. Yeah. A of, little yeah. bit. Yeah. Once you get into a lot of these single origins, you do get varying levels of acidity. Some of them mm-hmm. will be quite notable. So um, tell me a little bit about your process as a cartoonist. What does it mean when you're going to start doing a new, a new page in the book, a new graphic, whatever it is, what is your process? So when I'm working on normal pints and panels stuff, so like hop variety, simple or beer style, simple, those are all in a template. My work's like a puzzle. So you would have like beer style, simple, all the flavor attributes and everything are all already drawn. The glassware is already drawn. You just have to do the research. Right before I post it, I double check my research. I want to make sure that Pines and Panels is as accurate as possible. If I want to learn about something and I Google it, a lot of the time it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like not my work, but like when you Google something to look up something about beer, there's so much misinformation in beer. Another reason why Pines and Panels is free because, you know, I want to make sure people have accurate, easy to get information about beer that's going to be true. I also tell people, if you see something that you don't understand or you think is inaccurate or you want to discuss with me, like, please message me on social media because I will, you know, we can talk about it. You know, everyone's wrong sometimes. So sometimes I'll miss something. Like, I'm not going to double down. The thing about beer is there's a lot of right answers in beer. And mm-hmm. you can brew a porter you know, with multiple different grists and still get a porter. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of right answers. Um, but normally if I'm drawing, let's say something new, I would write it out first. Uh, all my work is hand-drawn. I use the computer for color and font because uh, my font is, my handwriting is digital. So I digitize my font, I my handwriting into a font so I can mm-hmm. type it in. And then I'll pencil and then ink over the pencils. And I've been using the same sketchbook for since, I mean, all the same things I use, I still use from 12 years ago. I'm, all my classmates have moved to the iPad from graduate school and I'm just, I I cannot ready. I'm not ready. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever be ready. And then everything's done in Photoshop. So color, uh, laying everything out and handwriting. And I usually draw in the mornings. I can't draw in the afternoon. I have no idea why, just can't do it. And then digital work is usually done in the afternoon. And every morning I set clear expectations of what needs to be done. And I need to achieve those. It's difficult when you're at home and you get distracted by chores or errands or doom scrolling or petting the cat. You know, like there's a lot of stuff going on. So right now I'm in the doing more hot variety simple for the end of the year. So Belma hops and all the like new we like Altus and Triumph and all these kind of like new hops. So that's been really fun to learn about the newer ones. I know I'm going to run out of hops soon. Um, I'll keep making new ones. Yeah, they, I, I am know. very very close to giving up trying to keep up with them. <laughs> I, I am always like, which ones am I missing? And I'm sure there are a bunch, but it's hard to keep track. So, and then I thought about going into doing yeast strains. So I did a sample one and then someone was like, no, but they're nuanced. And I'm like, it's called yeast strain simple. You know, like, come on. <laughs> I know that, I know that the white yeast, American ale yeast and the, the white labs, California ale yeast. Yeah. Are a little different, but they're American ale yeast. So yeah. let's just 
stay, you know, I mean, that's the thing about hop variety simple, you know, they're simple in the title. So we're not going to dig down into a bunch of stuff, but you're going to get kind of the basic information about what is this? Why would it do it this way? What does it taste like? What is it used for? So what are some of the limitations or challenges of doing beer education in a visual format like this? Um, this it's, it's, it's simple. So you do miss the nuance. You miss certain aspects. Like a dark mild can, that was the beer style simple today on my website. And I say it can be brewed with pale, crystal, and dark malts, plus maybe sugar and maybe flaked corn. But what does that mean? You know? Can I brew just with the three things? Do I have to brew it? There's, I didn't mention brewer's caramel because I lumped that in with sugar. There's flaked corn, but could you use other corn? There's, you know, there's ale yeast, but what ale yeast? Would you use London ale yeast? Which kind of English ale yeast would you use? Because there's lots of different ones. So there is the simplicity of it. And that's why it's called beer style simple is it's basically as simple as possible. But when you want to get into a more intermediate, stuff you're going to get bombarded with so many so much information that i think that would be really hard to illustrate because there is so much whereas a written book can fill hundreds of pages with explanations and whatnot you are inhibited by the art that you do but you said it yourself you're an advanced cicerone and you enjoyed it so just because the art is simple doesn't mean what you're explaining has to be simple so sure yeah Did you have any particular favorite pages or drawings or things that you had to do for this book? Oh, geez. I don't look at the book anymore because I'm too scared. (laughs) I think the yeast pages are really fun because I like that like yeast brother and sister. I like that aspect. I like when things get whimsical. So like the hop in the hot tub, you know, I liked drawing little scenes in the style section where like I'm catching a football or, you know, I'm like at the, the bar. goats in the, the box. Yeah, they go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like there's talking and people love talk, yeah, talking animals. I liked that. I got to draw a lot of my friends uh, and Patreon followers into the book. Uh, I got to draw pioneers, people that I really look up to and respect and give their due because I mean, without them, we wouldn't be here. And then I'm really looking forward to like the next generation of who would be in that list of you know, some of the best and brightest in the you know, people who are really making a difference in the industry. I'm a big nerd, if you can't tell. And so I love to research. So it was fun to do all the research and then draw it. That I think was my favorite part where I got to read a bunch of really cool books. And was this book a ground up build or did you have content that you had just been accumulating for a while? Um, no, everything was from scratch. So I did all the style pages first. Um, I actually had way more style pages and the PA was like, that's a lot of pages. <laughs> this is a full color book printed in America. That's expensive. Could you not do that? Um, so I had to cut a bunch of them and then I worked kind of chapter by chapter. So beer history. And then, so the work is also a puzzle. So everything's drawn and then you kind of lay it all out. And so I did all the style pages first because they were all the same. So you could kind of keep a template and then work off of those and then history and then, you know, doing the research for it. I think the last, I did the last section, the how to enjoy beer that was done last, mostly because I didn't know how the book would end. Beer slang was a really fun one to do. I'm a new drinker with the heck's a mule. <laughs> or 
a whale. I don't understand. These are animals. I don't, I don't understand how they, you know, in the beer world, where did they come from? And so kind of creating a small dictionary. I think that was Dr. J was like, you should do a beer slang page. And I said, yes. Nice. Thank you. you Always a good source of advice, yes. Dr. J. 100%. Well, let's taste another chocolate. Why don't we do the fire tree? Sure. And I will just say that I love their packaging. Yeah, it's very nice. It's very high. It feels like a like a fancy book because of the like the design on the front. It looks like, you know, those books from like the 19th century that would have the colors on the inside of the mm-hmm. Yeah, cover. the marbling. Yeah. The marbling. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. So they they maintain this format for all their packages, but each origin has a different color theme for oh. that artwork at the bottom. So this is from the Philippines. This is Mindanao Island, which I believe is the southernmost island in the chain. Fire Tree is out of the UK, but they focus almost entirely on uh, the Pacific Rim. So they do mostly Pacific Island origins. It has a good snap. It does. The snap is so much fun. Yeah, that's a good one. I really like that they have tasting notes. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that on a chocolate bar. Yeah, an increasing number are doing that. That's very helpful because with chocolate, you're kind of, I don't know, to, to, to the untrained taster like myself with chocolate, it just tastes like chocolate, but you really can drill down. Same thing with beer, you know, beer tastes mm-hmm. like beer. The hell does that mean? Um, but if you drill down and kind of know what you're tr- looking for, it's easier to find. So this one has a definitely a different aroma than our first one. What do you pick up here? I already went in and tasted it. I'm sorry. You're I, fine. I got, I, got, I got greedy. I couldn't help myself. Mm. Well, in terms of flavor, this one's softer. Although the, the acidity, when it starts to melt, is quite pronounced. Mm-hmm. Especially on the tip of my tongue. Wow, that's really interesting. Sorry, I'm talking with my mouth full. How no, you're fine. <laughs> Aroma, I am being, I'm being swayed by their notes. But I'm okay with that. The, like the citrus, the honey, honey, especially. I always get a touch of sweet banana from this origin or this bar mm. specifically. That's really good. It's a lot. I mean, I, I think I got chocolate on my nose too. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you're doing it right. I could see the banana is a really good, that's a really good note. I, I can see that. I think one thing that's interesting tasting these first two right after each other the second one is a slightly higher percentage, 73%, mm. but it honestly seems like you said, it's a softer, gentler yeah. uh, chocolate. I feel like the flavor nuances are more in front, whereas in the first bar, the definite bar, it is more fudgy chocolate. Mm-hmm. So good. They are one of my favorite single origin makers. Mm. I can see why. Because it's, it's really good. And I think you would, would be fascinated if you can go on their site and order a tasting pack of their origins, all the same percentage, and taste them side by side and really be able to see the nuance mm. in, in origin. Mm. I want that after dinner. That's the thing I really like about chocolate, especially like the higher percentage chocolates. They almost stand in for like a digestif, like an after dinner mm-hmm. drink or a big beer or a palate. It's a great palate cleanser. It could be the acidity in it. It's such a great end to something. I have a very big sweet tooth. Me too. I love, I love desserts. I'm always like, I'm going to eat less sugar. And then I fail miserably. 
Um, well, with something like this, you take yeah. your time on a piece of it. You really haven't mm -hmm. had all that much. Yeah, that's true. I have, a, I'm going to have a lot left over and then I will hundred percent just probably eat the whole bar <laughs> tonight. <laughs> so let's talk about tasting beer then. Do you have any special processes or rituals when you're tasting beer for yourself? If I'm at home, no. Uh, usually when my husband gets home from work, we share a beer. I think 16 ounce, 16 ounce cans are just a, the best sharing conveyance. I don't drink out of any fancy glass. I usually, my favorite glass is like, a, like an old mason jar. Um, I just really like that kind of utility of, you know, it's forever, you know, bourbon, wine, anything, juice, any, you know, it doesn't matter. Tea, uh, it's a really nice, easy drinking glass in general. Uh, and so I usually will drink out of like an old jam jar. I'm just enjoying beer. That's the best part about beer is to just enjoy it. Uh, it doesn't matter like what style or where, you know, respecting it and enjoying it is something that I really, really like to do. We'll be right back. Hey everyone. Final Gravity issue four is now available in the Bean to Barstool shop. This fourth issue of our zine telling intimate, human-centered stories from the world of beer is full of great articles, including Kate Power of Lady Justice Brewing talking about why she might be done with beer festivals, Ukrainian beer writer Lana Svitinkova writing about the Zeugel brewing tradition in Germany, UK writer Matthew Curtis talking about the blend of old and new in the Cascale tradition in Manchester, and many more. We believe passionately in this project, and if you believe the story of beer is ultimately a story about people and relationships, we think you'll love Final Gravity as well. You can order the new issue from our shop on beantobarstool.com, or you can also subscribe, including subscribing for your brewery tap room or break room, or you can subscribe and sign up to support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash beantobarstoolzines. Now, back to the episode. Do you find yourself continuing to grow as a taster now that you're no longer studying or prepping for the next exam? Uh, there's always something new to try and your palate is always changing. A great way to expand your palate is to try different foods. Sticking with the, the descriptors that we know or have kind of a, an American point of view, foods that we eat. Mm -hmm. I use graham cracker a lot and I realized that like most people in, around the world don't know what a graham cracker is. It's not <laughs> something that they have. Um, in England, they have like that, like digestive biscuit, which is like, you know, it's like a thicker, heartier graham cracker, but it's kind of in the same plane, but like mm -hmm. other places all over, you know, the world have different flavors and whatnot. So if you want to be a better taster, trying different foods, when I do beer and food pairings, and I'm not familiar with the foods of that particular country, I always ask someone from there to do the food pairings. We did a beer and chocolate pairing together where mm -hmm. you did it and I drew it because I don't know a lot about chocolate. So I had to defer to your expertise or I try different things and you learn and then that makes you a better taster. So going to a different country, trying their foods, going to different restaurants that you've never been to and trying the food there and doing recipe research. I did a beer and noodle pairing and there were a lot of noodle dishes that I had never had. Mm -hmm. So I got to do a lot of research about what does this taste like? who eats it, when, where, you know, you're kind of like a journalist where you're like learning about different cultures 
and then you can do pairings and then that'll make you a better taster because your palate has been expanded by different cultures and different foods and then different beers from different cultures. The world loves beer. And so if you can kind of experience what other people are eating and trying and maybe what they're tasting, it makes you a better taster as well. Do you have a favorite recent beer? When I was at CBC, Surly had a Belgian table beer brewed with lemon mm. drop hops. And that beer was so That sounds good. perfect. It's like they had run out of cups, glasses. <laughs> so they gave it to me in this like solo cup. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And oh my gosh, was that beer just unbelievably good. That was one of my favorite formats of beer, that low alcohol Belgian pale ale or, or table yeah. beer. It was so, so good. I was in the ladies' room at Surly, and I tweeted at them like, this is a triumph, exclamation point, <laughs> <laughs> like in the ladies' room, because I was just like, this beer is so good. Well, let's taste our third and final chocolate. This is Belvi sure. Good Morning Vietnam. So both the cacao and the coffee in this bar are from the same province in Vietnam. Belvi is a uh, Vietnamese maker and so all of their bars are from different origins within vietnam much like hops cacao grow in a specific latitudinal belt around the world so uh, for cacao it's 20 degrees north and south of the equator very fancy mold yeah and this is their smaller bar mold they have a larger one and it is a little bit more geometric even than this and it's thinner than the other ones mm-hmm the coffee is really good. Mm-hmm. Almost more espresso. Mm-hmm. It's very assertive. Mm-hmm. It's really good. But I also love, earthy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I love coffee. Any like sweetened coffee. My grandmother used to give us coffee ice cream for dessert when I was a kid. And I always have very fond memories of any like kind of sweet mm-hmm. coffee for that reason. Like who gives a five-year-old coffee ice cream? But I know you said not to chew, but I'm sorry. I chew. No, that's okay. It's just when you first put it in your mouth, like when you're having a candy bar, your instinct is just to chew that up. It's mm-hmm. just best to let it melt a little bit and then, you know, do what you want. Yeah. When you chew it and it's swallow it, you're, the flavor is almost like it doesn't, it, it's, it's very muted. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you let it sit, this is real. This one, I mean, I know, I know that everything you have last is usually like a favorite, mm-hmm. but that this one's really good. Is this your, this is your favorite, you think, of the three? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's really, really nice. I really love the addition of the coffee. The coffee is a, a lot. It almost kind of pushes the chocolate away slightly, mm-hmm. but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you and Pints and Panels? I always say we, but it's just me. Because I don't really like to talk about myself and Sauter. I like to talk about Pints and Panels as its own thing. This isn't mm-hmm. really about what I'm up to. It's about what Pints and Panels is doing. Working on constantly making sure the website looks good. Uh, I've started to work with a Spanish translator to put Pints and Panels into Spanish. Uh, I have a, quite a large Central and South American uh, following on social media. So I want to make sure that they have access to Spanish language stuff. So I'm working with a translator for that. Continuing, I do the Adventures of Nelson and Goldie for Pellicle every month. So just drew a new care, and there's a new villain 
I guess. The cat jamboree is coming up. Is the that cat right? jamboree, and there's a little bit of a, a wrench thrown into their plans. Uh-oh. They thought they could do it all themselves, but so that I drew that. I color. I drew it yesterday, and then colored it in this morning. So there's that. The thing is about pencil panels is you never know. You know, there's always new things coming up that are fun and interesting that you don't know. That's the thing about you're self-employed, so you know, like it's a little stressful because you're like, man, if this something happens, then, you know, what am I going to do? But then you get that email from someone that's like, Hey, I want you to draw this or Hey, for you, like, I want to write, I want you to write this or your pitch is accepted. So it's really exciting the way that every day is different with hooray for craft beer being out. Now I've been doing more pop-up events, which my first book came out. I did beer. Like I would do book signings and you just kind of sit there and I'm sure you'll end up writing a book one day. And when you do, you will sit in front of your life's work and people will go, meh, and then they'll walk on. And you're like, well, this sucks. <laughs> With Hooray for Craft Beer and Pints and Panels getting more visibility, book signings are a little nicer. It's fun to see Pints and Panels growing and hopefully continue to grow. It's been a lot of work. I work every day. You know, I've started Pints and Panels in 2010. So this wasn't just like an overnight thing. I mean, it took nine, eight, eight or nine years of hard work. And it's really nice to see it start to pay off and have people really respect it and enjoy it and use it. I know people who email me go, I used your visual syllabus online and I passed my level one or I passed my level two. That gives me the thrill. That's the thrill. You know, when people are like, I bought my, I own a brewery and wherever, and I bought your book for my tasting room staff and they use it as a reference guide. And that's That's just really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh. What story are you telling with Pints and Panels? That beer is for everybody and that everyone can enjoy beer. You know, if you're just crushing the hype stuff, fine. If you're, you know, a stickler for the traditional, then great, good for you. Uh, if you're a new beer person and you're intimidated, you know, because there's a lot of people who are trying to change the narrative when it comes to certain beers, that's, you know, Pints and Panels is there for you to say, it's okay, you know, don't worry. Drink a beer, have a good time, try things, ask questions, go, oh, I like this. Why do I like this? Uh, Or, you know, I'm at a brewery and this tastes weird. Why does it taste weird? You know, maybe the brewery is not super great. You know, there's some not great breweries out there, which is a shame. And it's, you know, question everything, drink everything responsibly. Everyone can enjoy beer. You know, it's one of the most popular beverages on earth. And so many people drink it in so many different ways, so many different styles, so many different flavors. And it's such a welcoming, it should be, and it always should be a welcoming beverage. And that's what Pints and Panels is saying. You know, come on in, sit down, have a beer. Let's learn about beer. And it's not intimidating. I'm not going to tell you, no, that's wrong. This is about you know, learning at your own pace and just enjoying and celebrating beer. Yeah. You can purchase Hooray for Craft Beer from the Pints and Panels website, the Brewers Publications website, or from your favorite independent bookstore. While you're at pintsandpanels.com, you can also browse M's collection of educational cartoons and purchase prints of your favorites, including the beer and chocolate pairing graphic I worked on with M, as well as pins, glassware, t-shirts, and more. I have links to all these options in the show notes. M mentioned getting some fun advice from Dr. J. Nicole Jackson Beckham, and I want to encourage you to listen to my interview with Dr. J for Bean to Barstool. 
It remains my favorite and most downloaded episode of the show to date, so I'll link to that in the show notes as well. M's encouragement to welcome everyone to craft beer is one I take to heart. Beer is so much fun, and everyone deserves a space within the craft beer world. We're all better off when everyone feels safe and celebrated within this space. Come on in, let's sit down and have a beer. Thanks to M for coming on the show today, and thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Bean to Barstool.